Peace, this is Rakeem Allah with Wise the Dome TV. Today I have a journalist, author, radio host, martial artist, teacher of knowledge itself, the God Sunez Allah. Appreciate you for coming on, G. Peace to the God. Peace, peace. So um, you've published mad articles, you know, with The Vibe, The Source, Hip Hop DX. Um, how did you get your start in journalism, you know, in hip hop journalism and writing for those platforms? Yeah. Um... It really, it really is my old earth. You know, mm -hmm. my mother um, remembered imperfection because Rest she was the one that, that, you know, always made me write. Mm -hmm. um, you know, growing up Puerto Rican though, she didn't want anybody to have an accent, you know, <laughs> anything to be stigmatizing, you know what I mean? That mm -hmm. was a big deal for her. Mm -hmm. So if we could write perfectly, if we could speak perfectly and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, you right, know, of course right. I, I always butchered those things up because, you know, I, I end up abusing the language and, you know, right. once you master it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But um, once I got into college at CUNY's Baruch College, um, she also pestered, you know, me and my twin brother to have some kind of extracurricular activity. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, since I wasn't going to make the MBA, <laughs> right. I, to, <laughs> I decided that I'll probably be, you know, a good writer and stuff. But I didn't know what to write about, though. Right, At the right. Time, I didn't really, you know what I mean? Right. All I, all I could think of was to write about what I liked. Right, right. You know? And my brother was at the uh, Baruch College's newspaper, The Ticker. Mm hmm So I said, let me write there because we know that's one thing that we know how to do and I could write something. You know, I'll write mm -hmm. about hip hop. Right. The thing was, is that when I started to write about hip hop, um, even though I didn't have, I hardly had a, a record collection. Right. So I grew up with hip hop, but I didn't really have records. Right. I mean, of my own, you know, mm -hmm. I, I recorded things off the radio and everything, but I didn't buy records and nothing like that. You know what right. I mean? Um, but my first piece was, you know, and it's an important piece in my career because it kind of launches the, everything that I do. But the first piece that I ever wrote, that got published in some kind of print was called the three R's that feed and starve hip hop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was the three R's of record labels, R and B and radio. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I kind of built on why, you know, those things are, you know what I mean? And even with mm -hmm. a, um, you know, very little knowledge of the industry and stuff, I was still able to break down what I was doing the knowledge too and the lyrics and stuff right. and, and present some type of understanding about it. You know, this is, this is around, this is November, 1994, mm. you know? Right. And um, like I said, you know, Baruch College is a, at the time was a campus of leased buildings. So your classes were spread out through a uh, area of lower Manhattan. And I didn't know it then. And I would soon find out that all the record labels were around there. Right, right. Also from like 20th Street, 19th Street, Union Square, um, Vibe Magazine, um, record labels, you know, major stuff. If you kept walking, you'd hit fat beats. You know, if you took a little bit of a long stroll, you, you know, you could get there. Mm -hmm. So all this hip hop was around there and stuff. And, and to show you how green I was, like, and how much, how interesting it was, I really wasn't a reader unless it was something for school. So I didn't right. really know my talents as a writer. Right. Um, going to college and having gaps between classes was the first time I ever saw a magazine shop. Mm, wow. <laughs> right, right, right. right. I, did, I did not read. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I did not read. If it was, you know what I mean? But you know, that's, that's, that's kind of crazy now because you're like on a, like a book a week now, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the average, yeah. yeah. But um, the, the, the thing about it was when I walked into the magazine shop, 
I was like, oh shit, whole, you know, I went to the sports section. I said, that's right. what I know. You know, I'm used to yeah, sports yeah, shit. Sure. And I saw um, the Source magazine with Trap Called Quest on the cover. And I said, oh shit, they got the music I like on, on fucking right. magazines too. Right. And then I started to dig in there and that that stuck in my head. You know what I mean? I started to read those magazines instead of sports. So while I was writing at, at I started my own column called Sunset Style. Okay. Because I'm from Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Right. And, you know, I had my brother, you know, my man Smo draw me up a wild style, but with Sunset Style, you know what I mean? Right, right, And right. I started writing these really inflammatory articles in college that got me into trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I was cursing. I was doing all right. types of stuff in them, you know what I mean? Right. And so what happened was um, other brothers that was going to the college, they saw it. Mm. And they saw those articles. And a lot of them were early people that started. They weren't the, they were like the first staff of Double XL. Right. I mean, right. would right. be, you know, the first, probably maybe like the, the first two staffs. Okay. But at the time, though, they were just getting in the door at Vibe. Mm. So that's how I got at Vibe. A lot of the difference in the career is that I didn't really quit college. Right, right. Okay. They did, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a combination of two things. They, they, um, they quit, they, they quit college and they pursued that full time. And also they wrote about things I wouldn't write about. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, like, it's that simple. That, mm. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't really see writing as, as a career. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. Because they had things I wouldn't, I wouldn't write about. I was like, I ain't writing about that. Right. You know I mean? so, so did you, did you kind of see it like, like, was it the, the fact that, you know, they were, shining a light on the more commercialized aspects of the com- of the uh, culture and you know what kind of things was it that you know you were kind of like man I'm just not I ain't feeling that I think in the beginning though it was a lack of criticism that was mm-hmm. kind of allowed right like once you once you start working in the 90s this is all the way in the 90s like mid 90s once you started working at a magazine you no longer are a vicious critique for the culture. What you right. really are though, is a vicious critique for anything that stops the culture from making money. Mm. Mm. You know, so now every endeavor that's gonna blow up though is a righteous endeavor for the culture. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. So for example, in 1994, I always had a lot of problems. Cause I'm from Medina, right? And right. I was very, I have always been critical of what Biggie was doing. I was always critical about what Puffy was doing and things like that. Those things had no space. So, for example, when Double XL started, that was really inspired off of Reasonable Doubt. That was really their album. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. You go back into the early things that had Jay-Z as the first, it wasn't even the premiere issue, it was the preview issue. Okay. Okay. The one that they send out to people to promote the magazine. Right. Whereas I'm a young kid. And I'm running in there saying, ah, I don't know, there's things that he's doing I don't like. And like I said, I'm not just judging the skill level of things. I'm judging what they're actually doing as far as promoting stuff. So mm-hmm. certain things don't become a big deal. Like, you know, okay, he has talent, though, but it's kind of a watered down Cuban links. Um, he has talent, but, you know, he's kind of biting the EPMD sample for a hit. You know what I mean? Right. He didn't do anything to it. Like, you know, these right. are supposedly big People don't understand it now, but in 1996, 94, 95, the, the, it wasn't just the use, the, the sound of the sample that was joyous, 
but also the dig, the quality of the dig. So I, you know, I couldn't criticize these things without right. being, um, you know, an early hater or not really with the move. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, yeah, you know. So those things led me to just be on the periphery more and more. You know, right. and of course, my own my own way of you know, because I was burning bridges like hell though. Yeah. <laughs> so was yeah. Telling, you know, what? So you kind of so it's kind of like it was these platforms operate as a part of the machine right so, well, absolutely you know and that's um i think that's a precedent that was set by the source mm -hmm. way before i ever got in there okay you know because that they would be for them to survive they would have to promulgate the success of this because right. at the time it wasn't seen that hip-hop would continue like that mm -hmm. or that it even would be like prosper where you could even have a magazine that would sell you know so right. anything that helps the the, the culture prosper so that's why you have a lot of um you know you have a lot of back and forth that seems to stay in the middle ground yeah you know like yeah. when doggy style comes out and people are criticizing it for its content mm -hmm. uh, if it's going too far and things like that these are things that you know magazines like the source and others would just stay even keeled with right because right. the success of that album is going to make this a bigger magazine it's going to make media a real thing so all these mm. things you know they contribute and i see that in retrospect i, I didn't see that one at the time you know right what I mean? right, at right. The time it's just like the, the quality of it what i'm talking about and you know i'm i'm bur burning bridges you know mm -hmm. as i just open my mouth every every moment you know what i mean right, right. so and so that's no, man, yeah. I, I was going to say like what ways were you burning bridges um well like let's say like like I told you about Jay-Z or in the nineties when I would, um, I, you know, I'd walk in and I thought, you know, people were, were cool with me or whatever I was thinking and stuff like that, or at least to offer it. And I would lambast, um, you know, the ridiculousness of no limit records and how they're just selling diluted material. You know what I mean? Cause you know, 75 minute albums, you know, that, you know, and then when you look at the magazine and that they, all these ads, are paying for the magazine, right. criticism for the albums becomes less and less a thing. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. I remember they used to have, no, they used to have a big ad in the back of the, the Source magazine every Yeah, day. yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, by the, by the 2000s, these ads would cost you about 30 Gs, you know, 40 mm, Gs, you know, like mm, they weren't okay. small, you know, right. like they were huge. Like if you lost it, you lost a chunk of, of the ads, you know, okay. and um, of your, of your money. Cause you, you know, the subscription doesn't pay the bills, you know. It's really the right. ads that pays the bills, you know. I think but, that's uh, a, I think that's something that a lot of people that are um, you know fans of these type of publications probably don't realize is uh, it's not the subscription or the online subscription or the clicks <laughs> that keeps right, these right. going, man. It's the relationships they, that they have with these artists that may possibly compromise the type of content that comes out from them. Right, right. And now that that the music is older. It's, it's almost like an unsaid payola, you know what I mean? Right, right. Unscripted payola. You, it doesn't have to be blatant, though. You know <laughs> right, I mean? right. You don't even have to wink, you know? Like, this is what they do. This is what they're looking for. And and you'd be surprised, like, um, you know, today's era is more like, you know, people are, um, they they get in by selling out. So they, right. they don't really sell out. They sell in, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. So right. No, you know, you right. got to be authentic to sell out, you know? Yeah. You, they sell in. They already know the package that they must have in order to get in. Right. And it's all accepted. So it's a much different thing now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But because of that, it led me to have a career that went everywhere. Mm. You know, 
Mm-hmm. If you look at it in retrospect, if you look at my career, it looks like I traveled all of these places. And it's really more that I was a homeless writer. You know what I mean? Right, right. I got you. <laughs> yeah. It's more like I was a homeless writer. Because the other thing that the other major thing is that in my own personal writing, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a writer that just wrote about the culture. I wanted to be part of the culture. Right. I wanted right. to contribute to the culture. So even as early as 1995, I wrote in my college columns where I had freedom. Mm-hmm. That in order for the journalists, the hip hop journalists to be worthwhile, they would have to be creative. Right, right. They would have to do something creative so they could be the fifth element. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and these are things that the people that were around me in other magazines, they saw. And, you know, they, they took some of those things. And that's yeah, where you yeah. get the fifth element. And, th- you know, the that's fifth what element. I was going to ask you, dog, is like, I've noticed, like, with your writing, there's a, there's a certain... Um, rhythm to it there's like a poetry and there's an art to it even while you're writing about the art right and you don't really see that with a lot of other writers especially writers within the culture um it's kind of like it's kind of like your writing style is like a verse you know what i'm saying is that something that you cognitively you know set out to do or it just happened over time like how did you how did you come Uh, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely overt where I can't really change it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted it to be creative, you know? So my whole concept was to have creative elements in the prose of the piece. Mm-hmm. But as it went along and like, especially in the decade of the 2010s where I had free reign at my own publishing source, you know, and, and everything like that, um, I started to do it overtly because the father, when I say like the hip hop writer is an element, the father of it is really is really Bones Malone. Yeah, you know? right. Okay, and it's because his columns, they were hip hop related in vibe, mm-hmm. but they weren't about the music per se. Mm. And other writers, they would write some of their um, interview features, the feature stories, with some creative prose, mm-hmm. you know. And that would be in the line of um, literary journalism, like Gay Talese and others, you know, like before, like you know Frank Sinatra as a cold, and you write right. these. Um, original pieces that are like n- you novelize um, the artist that you're writing about. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do something di- even further than that. Right. Because I wasn't just reading the writers that were out. I was reading Amiri Baraka. Mm, right, right. You know? And I realized that he was part of the culture. So I was like, what if I wrote the reviews and I embedded the poetry that was inspired by the albums that I read and put them in there right That's you know good. and some of it would spill into the prose mm-hmm. and some of it would be highlighted outside of the prose you know what I mean right and um I started to do that and that's really what I always wanted to do with the element but um in the magazines I it was either I wasn't writing about the music I loved mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to write about the music I loved or a lot of my stuff was just you know so modified right you know, to right. fit the structure of a magazine because a magazine goes through a conveyor belt when it, mm-hmm. when it's edited you know so every magazine you read has a general sound right you know right and a lot of people after a while people weren't really calling me because i snag up the conveyor belt you know what i mean mm-hmm. right. it's very hard to take a piece that i've written and then make it sound like a generic you know this is dope this is hot you know what i mean right. Shit like that so a lot of times people find my stuff impossible to work with. 
Mm. You know? So I just needed like my own forum to do it. You know what I mean? And when I started working on Premier Hip Hop, that's when mm. I really started to put the pieces out there and really, right. um, you know, extend them, you know? Right. Um, yeah, that's that's deep, dog. And, and so with, you know, in hip hop, as far as if somebody does something that's new or somebody does something that's, you know, dope and, and, um, and just sound, bring something fresh to the game, right? You have people that will, you know, kind of jack that a little bit. Now, as far as, you know, producing, um, rhyme styles and things of that nature, but what did you see people kind of biting your style when it comes to writing? Oh man, I think people try, but they, they don't really know how to do it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, right, I think right. that what I'm doing though is gonna take a long time for people to do it. Right, you know right. What I mean? And, um, Nah, just, you know, being truthful, I, my shit is too dope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Niggas can't really do that, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, I told you that, uh, uh, you know, a long time ago, man. You one yeah, of the really. dopest that ever did it with this, you know what I mean? I meant that, God. Like, That's peace, man. I appreciate that, you know what I mean? And then, you know, like I tell my students, you know, it's not the ability to do this was an idea from a long time ago, but it's hundreds and hundreds of pages right. to perfect it, you know what right. I mean? Right. It's hundreds of pages to perfect it. So it, it comes out the way it comes out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's really about, I don't think I could do this if I wasn't able to also analyze the music in a way that people weren't analyzing it. Right. Because then it would just be me um, taking advantage of other people's art. Right. To get right. my shit off. Right. And that's why I always go, I'm doing art on art. Right. <laughs> but I have to have science on music. And so I spent a lot of time really studying music, mm -hmm. you know, the textures of it, mm -hmm. um, finding ways to de to really detail it in a way that people don't detail it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, knowing the albums, because I'll tell you this, right? When you're a journalist, right? You could either, you either know firsthand the experience of being of what being being that of which you cover mm -hmm. right so if you're a journalist of war maybe you were a former soldier usually not so what you have to do is you have to know war so good mm -hmm. that you know the contours of it though you know the outer politics of it and everything and you can go in right with music i didn't make music when i tried to make music it wasn't really my thing you know so like for me to do, make my own element i tried all the other elements you know what i'm saying right it's only now that people have, because of what I've made, people have me making stuff, you know, and, and recording music now. Right. But, but as far as like straight rapping, um, that was not what I wanted to do. I wanted to represent myself fully. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And how words look on the page is really important to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it didn't, the MC didn't always work for me. You right. know what I mean? And then, um, and I always had a problem with performance. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. always wanted to be just myself, you know what I mean? Be able to do that. Um, and, and it fits the calling, you know? What I do is I lecture, I, I teach, you know, all these things. So these are the forms that I'm used to. DJing, though, um, and all those things, I could never be a DJ, you right. know? Because I could never just play what people want to hear, you know what I mean? Right. I, I'd be terrible at it, you know what I mean? I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you don't like it, then, you know? But... Right. Uh, you know, and, and then, of course, graffiti, though, I have no artistic skill at all. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, all I, as far as I got was being a toy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nowhere yeah. even near <laughs> anything legitimate. But I tried everything, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, it's really the analysis of music, really studying music, studying music theory, studying the roots of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that what I was, what I was actually witnessing, I was witnessing as a journalist, but also as a, as a future historian. Right really trying to catalog that because now I'm like a quarter century in. Right. So the things that I saw in the beginning are now documentation. You know what I mean? Right. Right. That's so yeah, little, indeed. like, yeah. um, so you, what do you think about the state of like where, you know, mainstream hip hop journalism is now, you know, is it kind of more the same? Like is like, is it on autopilot to the point where, you know, it's just kind of a, the corporate machine at this point? Yeah, autopilot's a good word for that, you know? The, um, you know, I I couldn't fault anybody for not being creative as they write. Right. That's gifts of a special writer. Mm -hmm. But I find it it crazy that after all these years of hip-hop, people still can't write better articles about music, you know what I mean? Right. They can, you know, like, and, and that also hurts the music because when you when people see a review, and I don't care who it is, they see a review, and if it's well written, then they know that there might be something of value in the criticism. Mm-hmm. That's just no way around it. I don't care right. what artist is telling you what. It's not my experience, though. Right. You know, and let's say like a, you know I you know how I love the I love to the two thousand tens. I thought it was a great era of hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know the two thousand tens into now. Yeah, I love it, it was. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially that decade. It was very powerful. But the beginning of the decade started with a lot of, um, a lot of, especially a lot of boom bap, mm-hmm. with a lot of typical, very overused breakbeats. Right, right. Because a lot of young brothers were coming into their own though, and they basically was re- were reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, so like this is why you need journalism because they're supposed to have the catalogs. Right, right. right. They're supposed to have the catalogs, but it was just in the two thousands, which I call the dark ages, right? I was called the dark <laughs> ages. When I remember. When- what made you call them the dark ages, God? Oh, man. Um, the reason I call it the dark ages, right? Everything is your own personal experience. So obviously my own personal experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt um, subtly blackballed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, because of the way I'm writing, what I'm trying to do, how vocal I am about music, but also pigeonholed as a so-called Puerto Rican writer. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There were so many magazines where I was only getting the Latino, uh, you know, uh, rappers. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Even when I knew, you know, let's say, for example, you know, I have the knowledge itself. Right. There's clearly not, you don't know something more than I do about those artists. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't know. Right. You know, right. so it's like, <laughs> right. wait a minute, you know? Right. And it still would happen where I wouldn't get to do it. I'd be, a, a you know, like karaoke certain mm-hmm albums and still not get the story you know right right so it became a frustrating thing and in the 2000s the music became really popular and a lot of it had to do um with the way the journalism went you know Mm -hmm. people i was around they were like oh look um it's almost like i could feel myself veering off and i saw that in the end of the 90s but uh, signature moments like for example when um slim shady came out Mm -hmm. And I remember certain writers and editors at magazines telling me, like, uh, when I was still cool with them, um, right. hey, you got to check out Slim Shady, though. This guy might be the GOAT. 
you know, like the greatest wow. of all time. Like, you, wow. And, you know, <laughs> in late 90s, the GOAT wasn't a word yet. So it'd be like, right. well, you're one of the greatest. And like, you know? Right. And I'm like, you know, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> and, and just seeing things underrepresented, you know, mm-hmm. um, let's get free, supreme clientele, not seeing artists graduate, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. The most devs, the, you know, the, the puns, um, they didn't really get that mainstream radio like you thought that they would because right. they definitely have commercial appeal. Right. You know what I mean? And then extending to, to you know, to today. But um, I saw so much pop stuff. And then, you know, even as a Puerto Rican, because I saw the complete destruction of the possible use of hip hop as a culture in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. with reggaeton. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Once reggaeton started blowing up, nobody from Puerto Rico emceed at all. Like wow. They just did right. emceed. You didn't... Right. You didn't do those. And it started where, like, you got to do one reggaeton song to blow up. And then mm-hmm. after that, it was just all of them. Right. You know? and, then, and then this kind of trend where guys could do 80% commercial albums, but if they showed you they could rhyme on one song, mm-hmm. then, you know, that's good enough, right? Right. We know they could rhyme. Right, <laughs> right. You right. know, and that's how it in 2000. That became a trend, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, that was that was very hard to cover. I mean, thing is, it's really hard to cover, you know? And mm. I'm coming from, like I told you, I was coming from where I still find it abhorrent that Biggie put a pop record on Ready to Die, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, right. <laughs> this is where I'm coming from, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'm still like, right. you know? So, it, you know, I called it the dark ages because everything veered off like that, you know what I mean? Mm. And um, even, even, even not just the commercialism, but even the artists that we needed to make greater records, yeah, they just couldn't find their way. You know, like Wu Tang, they made lesser records, right? Even when they made good records, they just didn't have the impact, or they weren't as quality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so all in all, like that was really why I called it that. You know, and the commercial buffoonery that we see today, though, you know, didn't just pop up. You know what I mean? Right. right. It had its slow growth. It had. You know, it had people, it had talents like Ludacris that, you know, they majored in, 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 they have more, they have more collegiate study in the business of music than me. Mm-hmm. And so they're giving you a product and they're not, they're doing the Easy E model where they sell you a dumbed down product, mm-hmm. but they know more than Easy E. You right, know what I mean? Right, right, right. So it's this, it's a, it's this cleverness that invades the industry, you know, like we're manipulating it for everything we can and shit. And that's why I mentioned the no limit, like this manipulation, like we're not just going to give you good records, but we're also going to manipulate everything, you know? And, um, do you think that was just a way for, um, you know, a, with them coming from Louisiana and, you know, around that time there were, uh, you know, there were local artists from, you know, regions all across the country, but at, they weren't necessarily getting play in regions all across the country. That's true, right? But let mm-hmm. me be really brutal, right? Mm-hmm. In the, you know, during Jazz's heyday, you know, nobody said like, you know, he's not really from Louisiana or, <laughs> right. or, or, or New York and shit. So, you know, if he's not as good though, you know, we let him in the gate though. No. Right. Miles Davis is from St. Louis and he had to be damn good. Like he had to be goat level right. to get in. You know, like there, there's no, there's no acceptance of that. You know what I mean? And right. you don't really do that with other musics. Like you don't get like, you know, let's say for example, like you don't get, um, 
you're not going to get like um, a band like Steel Pulse because they're not from Jamaica. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're not from Jamaica, so they could be a little weaker. You know, it's okay, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Right. No, right. they have to right. be top notch, mm -hmm. you know, to get in the game. Right. You don't see that with hip hop. It's like, oh, I'm representing where I'm from, though, so I could be a little shittier. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you see where I, I don't know where this comes from, you know? Like, the standard isn't like the best of where you're from. Like, I, look at my height, right? In my family, I can dunk on everybody. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, right. right. That, doesn't, that doesn't mean that I belong in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> I'm awesome if we all play one on one here. You know, I'm right, the best. Right, right. You know what I mean, but you know, from this home, it's you know, it's not much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the standard. Like, it feels like people act like hip hop has a right to be represented regionally. Mm. I don't. I don't really you don't think so. I don't think it has a right. I think it's a culture and has a a, a right that don't that no one even has to ask for to be engaged in and performed. Right, but as right. far as taking those those steps and saying this is on the level of this, nah, yeah. it doesn't work like that. You know, what I mean? got. So do you, do you think that? Okay, so around that time, what was it like as far as? in these publications, in um, New York radio, when did you see gradually that um, these other regions began to get uh, more play and, you know, started becoming the sound that it's, a lot of people really, tried to... Yeah, it's really the digit, digit, you know, the digitizing of radio. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The digitizing of radio. Um, um, you know, we always thought, you know, sports has all the analytics that are annoying and shit. Right, right. But the analytics invaded radio way before, you know, mm. way before sports, you know what I mean? Right, right. And you'd be at places, though, and people would give you analytics about an artist right. that made no sense. Right. By the mid-2000s, if, like, I was at magazines doing best of list, mm -hmm. and you see accounting jumping in the mix and saying, hey, we should put this record. I'm like, what? Right, you? What? You know, like, who, right. who are you? Right, right, <laughs> you know, right. Like, right. And, and everybody gets their say because they can say what's it, what's not. You know what I mean? Right. Um, there's blatant list of A-list artists and B-list artists that are really all based on their sales. They're not based on their quality. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you also see trends that I was right there for. Like, I know the people that invented them. Like, mm. you know, um, uh video vixens and let's write about you know yeah video that, vixens that was like that. a segment in one of the magazines right where they were highlighting yeah, yeah. uh you video know, that vixens. was double xl that was yeah, double xl that yeah, started yeah, i remember that, that. <laughs> and as the trend went along the video vixen highlight became counted as a female artist what so for example if it's 2006 and I go, yo, we should do a feature on Jean Grey. And they're like, yeah, I like Jean Grey, you know, because mm -hmm. she's one that wasn't featured, right? Right, right. And, but she wouldn't get a chance because when they go, Jean Grey, no, because we got like the girl that was in Many Men video or whatever, <laughs> you know, the, the, that's right. in this shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, and she's right. going to have Heather Baxter or one of these chicks, you know what I mean? Right. right. And they're going to be in there. So that counts as the female slot, you know? Wow. She don't. You don't do no art. Like, you know what I mean? She didn't even invent the clothes. Like, she didn't even invent the way you put on the clothes. Like, she didn't right. do that shit. So, you know, these are things that I, I was firsthand there. I was there mm -hmm. when when they, the guy that invented that, mm -hmm. I was there when he told me about it. Like, hey, I got mm -hmm. this new thing, you know? And I'm right. like. Was, was like, that popular with the readers? I mean, 
you had a little small thing whether her article asking if her tits are real and <laughs> got like a couple of shots you know the eye candy section you know what i mean it was like yeah you know people people would open the magazine if they weren't gonna buy it they'd open it look at it and put it back because yeah. until you know what's crazy <laughs> magazine shops didn't have any type of porn in front of you unless mm -hmm. you went into the back of the magazine yeah shop. yeah mm -hmm. and the what what double xl and then their king magazine did was that young brothers like ourselves obsessed with the magazines we could look at a little soft porn <laughs> right off the bat like we'd go check it and then you know be on our way and shit right like right, you know right, I mean? right 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 that was unheard of you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. and so i mean it seems commonplace now but back then you're right that wasn't yeah that wasn't you gotta the see what it did in the magazine magazine shops weren't even like that they didn't even allow that kind of stuff you know what i mean right, right. so like the the average cover of a king magazine though that would launch it to the back you know what i mean mm -hmm. Right and now, it's right. in the music mat. It's in the music section. Right, right, and you, you can see the mean? whole cover. You can yeah, see the whole cover. Like for example, right? You know the the pun the pun um picture where he's holding the girl's titties. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Where he's holding that. her breast. That was supposed to be the album cover. Wow. And there was no way that they were going to allow that back then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. Probably right. now. That'd be no big deal if they tried no to get it in there. You know, like they, especially in an underground album, it would be no big deal. Mm -hmm. But back then, that was like, oh, you can't even do that. You, you're going to have to put some else. So that's why the Capital Punishment cover looks like a, a kind of like a, a another picture. Right, right, right. You know, it's just his face, you know, uh, grimy up, but it's right. just his face because that wasn't the cover, you know what I mean? Right. You kind of you kind of uh, touched on something that I find interesting. So you know, like in the with hip hop's inception, you always had you know dope female MCs that were holding it down, and you know, um, I mean, and then suddenly you didn't hear about many that you know you didn't hear about them as much, and then you know you have a resurgence, and you are having female representation. But it seems to be the only ones that are highlighted are the ones that are fitting a certain mold. You know what I mean? Because like I heard, I listened to um like Cyrox last album, right? I mean, I don't know if you heard. I'm, well, I know you heard I it. Hear Crawford's daughter, it's, it's right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But I don't ever hear. I don't ever see um you know these mainstream publications talking about it or Rhapsody or Shay Noir. But at the same time, we get our doses of um. Uh, Meg and you know Nikki and Cardi and I'm not knocking what they do because you know there was always a lane for that but the other side of it where the sisters that are actually rhyming you don't see that much you don't see that highlighted as much with the you know within um hip-hop media is that the fans not gravitating towards that or is that uh media not really seeing value in that I mean they don't write about music Right, they're not music magazines, you know yeah. what I mean? They're trend it's magazines, TV, you know. Now, right? Yeah, they write about trends though, so they wouldn't really write about music, you know. So, like, like, really read through magazines and stuff, and they very they don't really write about music itself. You know mm -hmm. what I mean, right? They don't detail music. They don't. They tell you how it felt. The music. They might tell you, oh, this song really did its thing, or mm -hmm. this is really, you know. But mm -hmm. there's no details about the music, so. Right. It's very easy to not fit a Sheer Crocker's Daughter because the value of that album, no matter how beautiful Cyrock is, right? Mm -hmm. The value of that album is when you oh, when you start listening to it. Right. You no? Know? And right. so you're going to have to write some pages about how it's 
it, you know, it's got that slow burn, you know, like, right. you know, those of us who appreciate skill, we're like, oh, it's got that, you know, that repeat value. Right. And then for those that aren't so heavy into lyrics, you've also got to educate the listener, you know, mm. like, you know, you got, uh, you know, the jazz album in the back, you know, the sun, yeah. that's Sun Ra, right? Yeah. yeah, no, that's, uh, that's uh, Pharrell Sanders. Oh, Farrah Sanders. Right, 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 right. And um, and uh, you've got to educate them because like, you know, a Farrell Sanders album, though, those aren't always easily digestible. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. You kind of have to tell people like, oh, you have to stick with it. There's certain things that you'll get with. There's certain melodies to get with. Mm -hmm. Same thing with hip hop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, you have to listen to it for a while. You have to catch nuance. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And all of those things, you know, the detail of it, you know, the detail of, of it, you know what I mean? Right. It's like if you were watching sports, though, you know, it's not all just the razzle-dazzle of the way Kyrie Irving is dribbling. It's also mm -hmm. the way he's, you know, the, the perfect jumper, you know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's things like that. But that's like the that. thing, though, God, like with you being a journalist and especially, uh, you know, shining a light on the underground, man, you know, they weekly you know what i'm saying there's albums just coming out from and artists is putting out like 12 albums 10 albums eight albums a year yeah yeah like, like you're not are you able like to whenever are you able to like you know sit with any of these albums and really digest it like that when it, i i come recently out like, I, I recently published my reel of 2020 mm -hmm. and that that piece is 40 pages long 2200 <laughs> right 22,600 plus words, right? Right. And even after I listened to it, there were a couple of albums that I forgot about. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Every year I've had to make a detailed list of every album I collect, you know? And it runs me like 200, 300. This year is about 400 albums I got last year, you know? Right. I listen to all of them, you know what I mean? I go into all of them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I'd say I have a faster ear than most. So I'm getting through some of them and I know which ones are going to be quality, which ones are going to be, you know, they'll be okay. Which ones are going to be in the detailed, you know, right. but, um, and that's why like when I, when I, um, when I did it, I don't do grades. I don't do lists. I don't do any of those things. You know what right. I mean? Right. Right. I, I deliberately did it where I broke it up into categories, categories that interlope, you know, where, mm -hmm. Let's say if I have a Queens category, which I did, Cyrock would be in there, but it, she'd also be in the boom bap category. You know what I mean? And the entire point of it is that people would see this entire spectrum of the music and all of this mass amount of music, mm -hmm. and they would be able to see that there's all these overlapping styles and techniques that, that it's almost impossible for someone not to find really quality music that would appeal to them. You know what right. I mean? Right. And not just force themselves to like what is popular it seems like that's a lot of that is going on though with certain critics of the culture where they force themselves to like what is you know trendy you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah that's can kind of tell that they ain't really feeling that shit but you know yeah. the end thing to say you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you know like you know how you just said like there's a market for it so i'm not knocking it Right. I've never taken that approach of writing mm. about music, though. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I've always taken the approach that I will knock it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because right. everything to me, you know, <laughs> I went to a business school. And the right. first, one of the first things they taught was about opportunity cost and that what you buy with this amount of money, you can't use for this. So the opportunity mm -hmm. cost is all the things you couldn't get. Mm -hmm. 
if we're talking about, let's say, female MCs and Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B and stuff, every time that you listen to them or, or support them, it's the time that you could have heard this other shit. Yeah. And no matter what you argue, that truth doesn't, that truth cannot be denied. Right. You spent your time listening to this coon ass shit. <laughs> now you have, you, you don't have, you didn't take the time to listen to this. You know what I mean? Right. right. And, um, and so it has to be knocked, you know what I mean? Because there's really no, there's really no, um, there's really no gauge mm. for the way people are judging. Let's say like um, the, the, the performers, I call them performers. I don't really call them artists or, or, or MCs or rappers. I don't even want to call them rappers. Right. But um, the performers that are out now, there's really no criteria for them. Mm-hmm. It's whether they blow or whether they don't, you know? And today's like best journalist is the one that will be able to merge a Sean Price and a little baby in the same context as being a world of hip hop. Right. And that's another reason why I present these lists, you know? Mm-hmm. Because that's not in the world. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's when pop you, music. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's pop music. It uses elements though. But, you know, like nobody heard, he listens to CNC Music Factory and puts that <laughs> with Earth, Wind and Fire. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. That's right. some other shit. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, but and, at the same you know, time though, right? Hasn't, hasn't um, hip hop always had uh, pop elements within it, you know, from even from the days of like Curtis Blow, you know, that that had a disco feel to it, right? Like, you know, the one reason, the one reason I never really go with that is because people will, I don't, you see, this is where, like, when I talk about the science of music, where mm-hmm. it gets a little bit beyond the music. Right. It's not just the genre of hip hop that a journalist in hip hop is covering. He has to have a knowledge of all the genres. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and nothing is more advanced in in the blood sucking of it than hip hop. Mm-hmm. Nothing has been blood sucked faster right. than hip hop. Right. And yet nothing has survived longer than hip hop. So it's the anomaly, right? Right. The reason I don't do that, right, is because if you look at other musics, no one compares the validity or the way a music is made by its very first workings. Mm, mm. Like, in, let's say, like the records that you see, you know, the Pharaoh Sanders, especially, so avant-garde, mm-hmm. you know, Coltrane, all of these things, right? Nobody goes, um, yeah, you don't really do stuff like that because they didn't do that in the ragtime era, you know? Ah, right, right. You know what I'm saying? They, right. they don't do that because those are earlier versions that are not as refined right. and actually not as free. Right. The early, the early, they really weren't free at all. Yeah, the early concoctions of jazz are so categorized because mm-hmm. there were formulas that were that were beginning to engage the improvisation, the real mm-hmm. jewel of, of what jazz is. Mm-hmm. Once that happens, you can't judge, you know, what Coltrane's doing by what trumpet players did then. Right. That's why, let's say with jazz, the beginning is usually Louis Armstrong because he's right. really the one that was experimenting within these very rigid styles. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Very rigid styles. So like, I never compare like, you know, records from the nineties or like, like let's say Nas or anybody like that or with the commercial appeal, like and compared back with, with um, Curtis Blow or anything. Like mm-hmm. for example, right? Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, the way they made records back then wasn't even the way they make records now. How did you know they make mean? records? 
because the way they were making records had a strict formula of making a, their song structure was almost like an R&B song. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. They were structuring by a bridge, a melody, right. and a hook right. that would right. be sung. And the lyrics are secondary to the song. Mm. You know what I mean? Right, right. And that's why the message is so important because the message, you know, it's guided entirely by the lyrics. You know what right. I mean? Right, right. And, but songs, even the early hip hop songs, aren't even made in that fashion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So as it develops, you know, you get content, you get specific techniques that are going to be exploited in things, um, rhyme techniques that don't exist. And remember, you're putting prose and poetry inside of music that was never done before. Mm -hmm. So to compare it to the early aspects, right, where people were just performing mm -hmm. out in the street, mm -hmm. that just doesn't, it just doesn't compare. You know I what I'm saying? You. It's a totally different thing. So like when people compare, it's like, well, they was partying back then. Also, too, here's the other reason, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people use early hip hop to justify bullshit that goes on now. Mm -hmm. but that would be like devolution, mm -hmm. you know? Right. For example, I'll give you an example, right? A lot of pop hits in the early 2000s use big, use big 808 drums. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and they almost sound like Run DMC. And articles and people I know would write that, like, oh, look, they're taking it back to the old school. And I said, no. They don't know how to use the equipment. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So they're actually reinventing the wheel and devolving because right. by reinventing the wheel and not knowing how to do it, that's their version of a first time with something. Mm -hmm. But I'm not interested. And it's not, you know, I'm being totally East Coast biased here because the South is a mine. I'm not interested to hear another region like the South, Midwest, or anybody else do their training steps. You know what I'm saying? Right. And have those training steps put on the same level as the music that I'm hearing, just because right. it's again the best of that region. You know, right. what I mean? it doesn't right. match up. I got you. The 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 best example of the visual to really show the the coonery of it though is the the hustle and flow. Mm. The movie. I thought, yeah, the movie. I thought that showed everything that was wrong about <laughs> the way hip hop was becoming, and then I saw these guys win. Grammys and shit and Oscars and it'd be a perfect representation of hip hop now. Mm. And it was because they didn't know how to use those machines. It's the same thing, you know, we talk about the 2000s. Is it, that, is it that they didn't know how to use those machines or is it in Memphis that was how they used those machines? You see what I'm saying? Um, because I would like, say that's a, that's a slick answer. The reason the reason I'm saying that the reason, the reason I just threw that out there is because like you mentioned um, where Miles was from and right. like you know I'm pretty sure that there were regional differences in the way right right the but here's the thing right where mm. did Miles learn to play was it really in St Louis mm. or was it that time with Dizzy and Bird mm. and him slowing down the bebop. Mm. And coming with cool jazz and then eventually all the innovations, the hard bop innovations and the modal jazz. You know what I mean? Right, right. The thing, the thing is though, reggaeton is a great example too, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't know how to sample. Mm. I often found people that didn't know how to sample. They didn't mm -hmm. know how to loop it. It's a very hard process back then. You right, know what I mean? Right. So what was better? Well, if you make these hooks and you just use these easy hooks then it'll make an easier song and it also gets you the arena that you want. You know what I mean? It gets right. you the, 
the, the, the audience that, that is going to pay the bills, you know? So it's also a double-edged sword, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So how do I deal with it though? Is that I'll admit that these might be the reasons mm -hmm. monetarily and all those things, but mm -hmm. I still won't justify it as good music. Right. You know, or music yeah. that I wouldn't abolish and destroy if I had the chance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, so, <laughs> so let me ask you this, God. All right. So what's the difference, though, like from from what's the difference between. Uh, hold on, God, my 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 baby daughter real quick. Hold on. But, um, OK, so, yeah, God. What? Uh, so what's the difference between like you know uh, uh having a certain sound right and then you know somebody specifically saying hey i'm gonna make a record for the club i'm gonna make a record for the party like is because you know we party and we club like in all yeah, regions yeah. right you know yeah. and so there's a soundtrack to that just like there's a soundtrack yeah, to you know other things right right that possibility of here here's the thing right mm -hmm. If I'm going at this like with this hammer approach and, mm -hmm. and bashing, right? Mm -hmm. People are quick to say, well, what about the quality commercial song? Those are so rare and few and far between that I don't mind destroying whole towns and villages. <laughs> right. You know, of performance. <laughs> right. for, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I really don't mind. And like the South is a great example because everybody will tell about the South, but no one was there say no one was there speaking up from the south like journalists or anybody that was writing and sticking up for the quality because the south didn't appear with yin yang twins right 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 they appeared with music right. that was actually probably more conceptually deeper mm. you know musically like i'm yeah. not even going to go with the lyrics cuz we could battle that too mm -hmm. but conceptually deeper than what was in new york and that was very difficult to do mm. and exactly what you would expect because they were listening to everything. Yeah. So like when you had Dungeon Family, that music is massively advanced. Right. Right. You know, I don't know. You know, I, like I said, I'm New York. So I get into these arguments all the time, you know, where right. people are like, oh, you think that means is up there with hell on earth? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's musically, it's just as good as hell on earth and more, more innovative because What's more expected? What you heard on Hell and Earth versus Infamous, or right. what you heard on, on Southern Playlistic in Atlians? Right, I mean, right, Atlians right. is an even more advanced leap music. Oh yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? mm -hmm. and, and I don't know. I'm the only New York native. No, I, I I understand where you're going. Um, so it's like being what from it's the like South. is that this yeah, like these regions didn't let that be a standard. Yeah, and that has to do with the media having a very yeah. That's what I was going to say. That you know? that wasn't and always like a lot of the South to me. A lot of the South to me was destroyed early on. I'm not saying that they're totally destroyed. I'm yeah, saying yeah. they were destroyed early on, especially in the 2000s, you know, because payola took its took its most money. Mm. You know, payola was extremely refined then, you know. Mm -hmm. The biggest piece I wrote for the source, you know, was about payola and funk master flex. Mm. You know, and you wrote that in the source though? Yeah, that was in the source. Yeah, when I was news editor at the source, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, when I wrote that piece, it took a long time because they didn't want to get sued. So I had to do a lot of back research and prove everything. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? What's interesting in that is that everybody will insult the DJ that takes the payola. 
mm-hmm. but they never asked though that that means that what he played were not the artists that were valid, but the people that bought their way in. Right, right, right. So every time we talk about Jay-Z, every time we talk about these yin-yang twins and all these other, you know, the massive amount of coonery that was infecting the radio in the <laughs> 2000s, those are the artists that bought their way in. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So people like Jay-Z, they didn't really give us the hot summers, though. They bought us the hot summers. You know what I mean? That's what I was going to ask you, dog. Like, they're, like Jay-Z is in a lot of people's lists, you know, um, as top three of all time type uh, situation, right? And I know you feel otherwise, um, but <laughs> but with somebody being, um, you know, he's been in the game obviously a long time um, and stayed relevant for a long time. What What is it, like, so were you ever, um, uh, like a fan of his skill level or um, what, what, what is it that kind of deters you from, um, you know, the whole Jay-Z, uh, you know, his top five. The first, time, the first time I heard Jay-Z was with original flavor mm. and he did Das Effects' flow. Right. It was for their video. I forget the name of the song on video music box. I saw it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I said, this nigga biting. <laughs> The next time I heard him was the a press copy of Reasonable Doubt. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I sold it back to Discorama so I could buy new albums. But hold you know on, God. Some people consider that is I like- sold, I'm, I'm telling you, this is what it was. I sold Reasonable Doubt to mm. get more albums. You know? Like it was, you know, when you used to get piles of records to sell, yeah. <laughs> it was in that pile, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just always saw reasonable doubt as a as a low as a low a poor man's Cuban links, you know what I mean? Mm. And mm. I couldn't get around that he sampled um the the EPMD, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he didn't sample the original sample, you know? He sampled EPMD. Ah. You know what I mean? Ah. It, you really listen closely though. Mm. It's it's not sampling the original, it's sampling EPMD. So they use right. that. Right. And that was, you know, that's blasphemy to me. You know, I, I, I don't know why I had to hear that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, I'll say this, though, right, with JC. Right. <laughs> I think that I have two two examples of this, though. I had to do it in a negative and a positive poll, right? Mm-hmm. I have a term I use called the, the greatest pop MC of all time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the negative poll is Jay-Z. He's the greatest mm-hmm. pop MC of all time, but in a negative sense. You know what right. I mean? He has all the talent in the world. He really has all the skills. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He can really rap any kind of flow, any kind of song you can make. You know what I mean? Right. Um, he knows enough to make all types of songs. He can make hooks and all that kind of shit, right? Right. But the reason he's relevant most of the time is because he's adapting something that he took from someone of his minions, mm-hmm. some of his foot soldiers. I mean, he's a 48 Laws of Power book walking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. And... For that, for those reasons, to me, he's the pop MC. And plus, none of his themes ever come out to be profound to me. Mm. This is to me. They never come out profound, you know? I think I put it best with the Mar- Mar- Marcy Me, you know? Um, I find the whole 444 album one of the most That's what I was going to ask you. Like, what, what did you think about that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the most hypocritical albums I've ever heard. Mm. When he talks about the old New York it's a New York that he helped destroy. Mm. You know, he took part in gentrification. He laughed about yes. it. He scoffed at it. 
You know what I mean? Right. And his first steps into being a billionaire. And, and I, I challenge anyone to find me a righteous billionaire. Right. You know what I mean? Right. His first steps into being a billionaire is to make himself worthy of investment because there's nothing he created that made him a billionaire. Right. You right. know? Right. What he created made him a millionaire. Mm-hmm. And then working for Def Jam and doing nothing for those artists, mm. right? But doing a disservice for them. Um, and nobody wants to say that. Why, right? why, you, why do you say he was uh, doing a disservice to the artists at, at um, Def Jam? If you go back to 2004, though, look at the 2004 to 2006, look at the Roots albums. Mm-hmm. Um, one of their best albums, um, LL Cool J complained about it. Pretty Tony, which should have been a, a commercial landmark for him. Right. right. That had commercial hits, right? And um, none of those things did anything. Mm. Now, this is a person that already got into the game using payola. Mm. So when he gets in there, it's not like he doesn't know how to get it on the radio. Right. right. You know? If you're an artist signed under him, you're like, if I make the right song, I mean, it should have a clear way into radio. You know what I mean? Right. And none of the none of them did, mm. you know. Game theory. Where did you hear game theory? Any of that, right? You know. And now that's one of my favorite roots albums. One of the best ones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And you didn't hear any of that. So what I'm saying is, like, once he did these ventures, then he started to be someone that you invest in. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think, as part of a theory of mine, mm-hmm. I think original people that become billionaires are a little different than than. The, you know, than the white man. They're people that have to be invested in to represent and to also be opinion leaders. Right, right. You know? Right. And, you know, he's a massive opinion leader. What he says, people do, you know what I mean? Yeah, I remember he had people comes, wearing button downs and... Yeah, th- yeah, yeah, and all that, yeah, you know? And <laughs> it's not even true, though, you know, because I was wearing button downs, you know, like Hector Laval way before, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. You know, the... the but the th- But the thing is, right, I end up calling Jay-Z the greatest pop MC because of all those things, but it's mm-hmm. in a negative sense. Mm-hmm. When I talk about, I had to amend that and have a positive great pop, greatest pop MC because when I was listening to Busta Rhymes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I was like, if a pop MC could be commercial, do all of the commercial songs that you would think would be trash and they still work, right. it's comfortable in all these different flows and styles, actually is a superior live MC, right? And could do right. really all those things and really could rhyme though, you know, he has right. all the techniques and has all the subject matter, then it would be Busta Rhymes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, that that's a thing that I have, you know what I mean? But um, my, my thing is this, like, um, people want to know who the payoli is, but they don't want to know who the payoler is, you know what hmm. I mean? Right. And they don't want to admit point. that the songs that you liked are the ones that got, that paid to, to hear you, you know? It, it, they probably, but you know, a lot of fans probably it, don't even care though. You know what I mean? Like, because once yeah, it's on and it's been played so much that they do like it, they're not, they don't probably, they don't really care about the science on why they like something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. You know, there was a thing, like when we was doing hip hop, like you would vicariously, be represented by that artist mm. so if they were smart and they were this that would be you you know what i mean right, some right. kids some kids they don't know that many rappers though so you see them doing that when they like kendrick lamar you know what i'm saying right, right you know i think you know in my mc nba you know he scores 17 points a game you know he's all right 
right, right. You know, right. he's not all star game. You know what I mean? He doesn't even make my all star game, mm-hmm. but he's dope. You know what I mean? Right. And um, but people don't really do that. They vicariously live through the artist that succeeds. Mm-hmm. And today's value, you know, uh, uh, of what a great rapper is and, and things, it's it's greatly devalued. You know what I mean? Right. It's really based on the success. You know. Mm-hmm. And if you have a, a it, you know, if you're making lots of money, though, that's considered black excellence. That's right. superior black capitalism. You know what yeah, I mean? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's all capitalism right there. Yeah. And if you're great at it, though, that's what's winning. But again, a lot of that falls on the media because this is what everybody that I was working with, this is how they would talk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Because they had to latch on to artists that would continue their abilities. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can't be A-list and make a publication that's, a- that's A-list, gets you money and gets you fed if you don't cover things that people all buy. Right, right. So pretty right. soon, though, you start to really like those things. Mm-hmm. And there's a different type of like, right? Mm-hmm. When you make a publication, right? Mm-hmm. And you put an artist on the cover that's grossly popped, and everybody buys your publication and now you're eating. Right. It's almost like, thank you, you know, little something. <laughs> I'm eating because of you. You know what I mean? It's almost right. like that. It's almost like you made the record with him, you know? Right. right. So there's no disconnect. So, you know, that's really what happened to, to hip hop journalists. That's why I always call them the leech leeches. Mm. You know, they find the leech, the, the art, the, the performer that's leeching the culture and they leech onto that. So it's a leech of a leech, you know? Right. This piggybacking leech, you know? And um, it, it's, it's, um, it's one of the things that really bad, like, you know, even when you said relevant, mm-hmm. I was in those rooms when people started using that word. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they started to say, well, what makes him good though? And I said, well, you know, he fucking sucks. His last album was trash. You know, he sounds stupid. You know, he sounds like he's trying to be young and, there's a million reasons why this guy is outdated though. And he goes, no, but he's still relevant. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Relevant it means if we put him on the cover though, people will buy it. They'll people be intrigued by what has happened to this guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like, so how does someone, how does someone be as, <clears throat> okay. So, you know, you, you definitely said that if he wanted to get in, you know, as far as his hip hop tools, as far as the skills that he has, you know, he could be whatever type of artist that he, you know, wanted to be, right? And I think in some of, you know, a few songs, you know, said lyrically, he'd be Talib Kweli, you know, those type of lines. Um, but obviously he, you know, valued, uh, he has, he has uh, capitalist values, right? And um, um, do you think those that, is it is that part of the reason why, you know what I mean? You're like- Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, as a writer, I would never say shit like that. Right. You know, I'm just thinking like a writer, like, because a lot of my writing, I represent myself. Right. You know, I would never say, hey, I wish I could be a real nigga. Right, right, right. No, that's what he said. That's what he said. I wish I could be a real nigga, but I'm getting paid doing it this way. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yeah, I I don't, I don't remember being, you know, doing that. I, I don't, I, I don't have song. I wouldn't make a song or a poem or, or a piece and say, listen, um, you know, so-called, you know, when he said, Think that, you know, there was no, we didn't sign anything. So, you know, my word is not bond. Right, right, right. And everybody's like, yeah, you know, he ain't Santa Claus. You know, his word is not bond. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So it's like yeah. everything is okay, you know, everything is okay, you know. Mm. Now the contracts, now the word is not bond, all of these things, you know. So mm-hmm. and and again, look, the truth is a lot of the things that he had to succeed in, you had he had to do some things that weren't right and exact. Right. I mean, right. My thing, my thing is that I had already knocked him out the box because of his musical choices. You know what I'm saying? You mean just the beat I, that he rhymed on? Yeah, I mean, I had already he had he had already been subpar to me through all the in my lifetime albums, mm. and I don't care how many people keep saying that's a classic, that's this. Mm. When you have premiere on one song, mm-hmm. and then you have a weak sample of Glenn Fry on another, mm-hmm. and you keep doing that, mm-hmm. you know this this yes no pop, you know gritty pop gritty pop gritty. Mm-hmm. You're making pop records. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're di- you're making a diluted product. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, um, it, it's very hard to make music because this isn't oppressed music, and it, it's a, it's a music of the oppressed. Right. And the way that we're oppressed is through this capitalist society. Right. You know what I mean? So the truth is that we have many models of capitalism that we're obsessed with. Right, right. And the major one is the, you know, the drug dealing. We're yeah. obsessed with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're obsessed with that. So we're very okay. And this is the problem is that our people in general are very okay with what I call prosperous horrors. Mm. You know? They're okay to, it's okay to do something heinous to get your foot in the door. Right. Don't right. worry about these million that I corrupt with this song. I'm going to make a charity for a few thousand. Right, right. You know, so a few thousand people are going to eat though. Right. Don't worry that I corrupted every last kid to just show their ass though every day. Right. Because my hood, this small little hood that I'm coming from, mm-hmm. they're all eating. And so, right. you know what? That guy's something else. You know? Right, right. right. I wish I could do that. I wish I could get this small hood of a thousand people eating. Mm. And I do it at a sacrifice of the minds of millions of people throughout mm. the whole world. Wow. So God, so yeah, and with with because you know my views on capitalism and what I think. Indeed. Yeah, and so when did when did it become so important? Like, so like you have artists now, right? They they come in the game um, giving the illusion that they're already paid when they got into the game to make music and get paid, right? So like, it's like now the whole, the whole, um, the image has to be, I was, you know, I was rich whenever I started rapping already, or I was, you know, I, I had, right, I had right. this and that whenever and I started. And that, that's even the case with our, the MCs we think are incredible. Right, right, you right. I mean, right. They, they've right. already, you know, they're already rich beyond belief, though. So I don't even know why they're rapping. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, so, right. You know, but the thing is, though, right, especially with the what I call the crime rhyme MC, right? Mm-hmm. They don't. They very rarely. They very rarely speak to us, though. They speak down to us, though. Yeah. And I, all God. of us. We all of us are custies, and have artists you know? talk crazy to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're all custies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I, you know, I talked about it. He's, you know, a leader in the innovation the last decade. But what Rock Marciano record is talking to you? Mm. You know, we're all custies. Right. And we're all squirrels getting nuts in <laughs> Rock Marciano's world. That's, you know. Right, right. There's no way around it. That's just the way he raps, and that's the way it's going to be. But right. then, because he's the leader, everybody has taken on that persona. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. But the thing is, hip hop. Again, this is always a music that needed help to get a forum. Mm-hmm. 
when it became recorded. So it always needed funders. And, the, you know, the our illegal our illegal lifestyles funded most of this stuff. Right. You know, in, yeah. in, in the mid nineties, when the music would have its qualitative peak and you had music of all kinds, right? Mm -hmm. It still took a lot of illegal money to make a record because yeah. who could afford the equipment to make a song? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Who could afford to get turn, two turntables that would be back then $600 each, a quality mixer, mm -hmm. amp, speakers, uh, then get the vinyl to sample, you know what I mean? Right. And get the sampler. The, the, I didn't even talk about getting the sampler yet. And then the, where to record the music. Mm -hmm. And then all of the machinery to record it, like the dats and all that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, where are you doing this? And then the other ways to do it is to go into a studio that's fully fledged. Mm -hmm. But you need time and money to go into the studio. So you can't really learn how to use it in the studio because you'd right. have to pay to be in there just experimenting. Right. right? So how else could the hip hop start? You know, mm. but illegally. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's no other way around it. So it always is going to have that that, that contradiction. You know, what I mean? no, and I and I get that part, and I actually welcome the reality of it. Right? right. It's the it's the it's the aspect that to where um, new artists think that this is what they have to do in order to get on. That's the part right. I don't like because that's what bleeds on uh, over in the music and culturally the images that um are glorified become the same image now it, it, if you have a if you have a, a balanced you know uh type of uh image that that hip like of what the of what the average rapper is right you have the rapper that that came from from this environment the rapper that came from that environment and you know it's going to resonate with people um, who are from those different environments or know people. But whenever it's all one thing, it just becomes cookie cutter. The record label uh, can, hey, they can throw you to the side and get another one just like you because there's nothing that's separating you from, um, from, the, from the next guy. There's no originality. You know, like, I want to ask you this, like, what, at one time, it, whenever we speak of balance, you know, there were, artists who had uh, a message, you know, um, even even in the midst of telling you about their environment or possible crimes they did, you know, there was always, uh, a lot of times there was, uh, you know, the, the outcome would be talked about or, you know, they'll drop a jewel on you. Like, if you're going to do it, then, you know, you might want to, you know, these are some things that you might need to be aware of. Like what happened yeah. to that guy? You know, I think a lot of it is because when it comes to record labels, for example, right? Mm -hmm. They only had diversity because they weren't really sure what package was going to work the most. Mm. So they were willing wow. to show you a whole bunch of different stuff. Right. And all they did was look for star quality. Mm -hmm. By the time hip hop is even thought of, or just the embryo, mm -hmm record labels and the other man already right. knew how to spot star quality out of the original man mm. and the original woman they already knew how to oh that's a star right there you know you right. can tell they, they've been doing this forever you right. know what i mean right. i mean you know when you look at it like you know once they do that and once they once they flood the market with all these different type of styles mm -hmm. then they realize wait you know like like all other arts 
you know, gun, sex and violence always sells. Yeah. But the only problem we're having, though, is that we're not getting across. We can't get across that much violence. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. So once they got past the hurdles of sex and violence, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, for example, Doggy Style and, you know, I, the, the trials. One of my favorite of albums, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, like the trials of Ice-T, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Doggy Style, like somebody, I saw somebody tweet because Twitter be young though. Like yeah, they, yeah. their thoughts are so like random <laughs> and unresearched. Right. But they'll right, say right. stuff that like, no, that's not really how it went. Right. And, um, you know, they're like, you know, Snoop Dogg, you know, he didn't go through anything like the way artists go through now. And I'm like, like what? <laughs> Snoop Dogg was on the cover of Time magazine. And it wasn't because the next hit rapper, he right. was on the cover of Time because they were questioning the validity and the worth of his music. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. And once they got past that hurdle, mm-hmm. then now they realize, okay, we pretty much could get any type of music out there. Right. Which one sells the most? Right. And it's always the same formula. Sex and violence sells the yeah. most. And they go with that. You know what I mean? Do you think that, like, so much... Because right, so, I've seen... I saw uh, a few people who are um, artists or people who are just of the culture. And, you know, some people think that so much of it is, you know, this with the same images being portrayed or, and content being... Um, the same a lot all across the board when it comes to what is uh, found in the mainstream. Does that affect um, culture and communities as a whole? As far as you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. We know at the end of the day, a lot of our environments were caused from systemic oppression and you know, uh, evil capitalism and all types of things. But as far as the images that um, are that we're being exposed to as a community, does that have an effect on our mind and our outlook and our worldview? You know, I definitely think so now because mm-hmm. so much, it, it, you know, it's so spoon fed. Um, you know, just like there's a, a, a flood of great music. Right. It's a lot like if you amplified like, you know, a lot of jazz, you know, like the jazz that we love, mm-hmm. you know, like my favorite era of jazz is the fifties into the sixties, you know, all the soul mm-hmm. jazz, the modal jazz, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's, Davis, my, that's my favorite too. You know what I'm saying? Free. Yeah. And, um, but jazz wasn't selling so much then. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's why I had to get into more of a funk jazz. And then, you know, some of the records even became discoed out, you know what I mean? Right. And some of these guys made some shitty records, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and it's funny because hip hop is founded on a lot of shitty records. Mm. You know, a lot of early hip hop is sampling because it's easier to find a groove in, you know, in Freddie Hubbard's late records than it is in his quality 70s records, you know, mm. his best 70s records, you know? Right, right. And so what happens is the way I see it is that the commercial landscape is so overloaded the average person thinks that that is rap now. Right. You know what I mean? And they that's why I still call this era the invisible renaissance. Because mm. if you ask the average person, though, they have no idea that there's this entire underworld mm. of, of, of artists that are way better. So, like, when I write about artists mm. and people say, hey, look, he wrote, like, what he thought was the best of the underground. Right. I don't consider what I write about the underground. Mm. I'm writing about hip hop. <laughs> You're writing about other shit mm. that isn't hip hop. 
Right. So when you write about little baby, when you write about Drake and you write about all of them, you're writing about pop music with rap elements. Mm -hmm. I'm writing about hip hop. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the fuck you're writing. About. <laughs> right. I'm not, don't put my shit underground. I'm mm -hmm. writing about hip hop. You know, you're writing about something else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's why, I, that's why I do that. That's why I make those lanes very clear because there isn't an aspect of any culture in any of the songs that's being made. Mm -hmm. So there is no development of a skill set. There's no, um, there's no parts of any song that deliberately show technique. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there, there's no, uh, there's no, um, there's no parts of a song where they say, listen, let me show you my creativity. Right. You know? They're really just saying jingles, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And most of the stuff really relates though, because the, the, the themes are so universal. They would right. relate to anybody. Right. You know, like today's, today's rap on the radio, it's more like the themes are so universal that it would literally be like, yo, I love chew the first chew of that bubble gum. All <laughs> the sugar comes out. Uh, right. And everybody's like, yo, that's so true. Right. Facts. Every, right. And, you know, the incident of Twitter goes, that's facts, you know. <laughs> yo, that hit different when he said that. You know, and I'm right. like, yeah, that's what happens when you chew in a gum. Everybody, you know. Right, right. You know, and, and, and a lot of the depth is really just, it's almost like today's rappers though, they're, that are in the mainstream, they're almost like a baby Seinfeld mm. because they, they talk about simple observations mm -hmm. and they become these deep concepts, you know, even right. all the hype about like Drake and all that stuff. A lot of his relationship talk is very, very basic. Right, 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 right. No, it's really basic. Right. Especially when you compare it to like things like Ghostface and, and, and others oh, yeah. have. It's, and there's such a depth to the relationships and the and the ideas and the stories. Mm -hmm. Man, everybody relates to Drake though, because even a high school kid could could think about that in, in, in a in a thought. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's really not that complex, you know what I mean? Right. And then people make a random statement though, and then if it just sounds jingly, you know, he's got flow, you know? Right, right. It's such a substandard, and that's really like it's ultimate it's like extreme disco it's like mike you mm -hmm. know you know you know a major ultra disco of it all you know it's, it's to the point like and so just to you know to clarify uh something that i said like i as far as content in hip-hop if it's dope it's dope you know what i mean like and it authentic i'm i'm with it you know what i'm saying it was just the, the cookie cutter part of it where you feel sure. like you gotta be tony montana to make it you know what I mean? Like, but that wasn't what you, that what, that's not you. You know what I'm saying? That's what I have an issue with. But when it comes to what you classify as a uh, pop record, um, I've noticed like, you remember at one time you would hear, uh, you would hear a, a beat, right? And then you would, you would be like, yo, that's Premier. Or, or you hear a beat, oh yeah, that's Dre. Or you hear, oh, that's, that's DJ Quick. Or that's uh, Pete Rock. You could tell without them even putting their um they didn't have beat tags then right like they weren't really saying their name right. now it's become like i can't tell who made the beat i can't tell where nobody's from um like 
what brought that on? You know, like this, uh, this universal, because I like, I like my hip hop regional because I like to be able to put on a record for me. Right, right. See, that was what was important about hip hop was that right. even though I said every region has to be good enough to compete, to be the top, right? You don't get to be the top just because you're the only one from that region halfway decent or you're the best of a region. Right. However, every single place has to make their own unique version of what they're doing. Right. And eventually, doesn't mean that just because you made it, it's worthy, but eventually it would, it could develop into being worthy. If they had the ethos and they knew the origins and they, you know, and they subscribed to the, the way the culture was originally made, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the creativity being original and challenging themselves to actually know what was already done. Cause a right. lot of stuff you could tell, they didn't really know what was done already. Mm-hmm. you know, or care about right. what was done already, right. you know? But I think, you know, I think that we see all these regions blow up, right? And that's a real detriment to the culture itself that mm-hmm. no region has its own distinct styles anymore. Right. You know I mean? right. It's horrible. It's horrible yeah. because it also means that you're not, you're not really giving any of the youth in those areas a unique way of expressing themselves right the way exactly. they talk the way they talk from their own places the way they move all of those things you know the right. different dialects none of that stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then when they include something that would be unique they only can include a slight fraction right and then what is not that impressive becomes overly amazing right and right. that's a problem you know and that's a problem right. you know and again a lot of this stuff is is really because the first major groups to you know to be immediate in the door out the door 15 15 minutes of fame performers mm-hmm. were coming from the south they right. were immediately signing up and doing that so that yeah, they became, were trying to make the they're trying to find the next yeah. uh cash money or no limit yeah. at one time see yeah and i i always i always felt that the quality that you know i i think I, I think Dungeon Family and what they did in that in the mid '90s was so crucial, because it set a standard where everybody could say, "Listen, we could make music this quality, and we could talk about things and not have to sound like a you know like a, a genius from the East Coast. We don't have to sound like Karis One to say right. deep shit, you know? Right, right, right. Because that's a New York way of sounding, you know, like, you know, we don't have to sound like Rakim when we get deep, you know what I mean? Right, right. right. And all those kind of things, we can keep a a lot of style. Mm -hmm. And they were adding a lot of style. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of things that, you know, they were saying had lots of style. And they also were able to speak about distinct problems, you know what I mean? Like I said, you know, to me, as far as like talent level, Mm -hmm. I felt, I have always felt that the work that CeeLo and Andre had, Mm-hmm. Their skill levels are goat level. Yeah. You know, as far as goat level skill levels, they, they had all, right. all of the tools, mm-hmm. all of the tools, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that once people saw that, wait a minute, all of these regions can start coming with really quality depth and real insightful stuff. You know, they put the clamps on that. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not a formula that's going to be a winning formula. And it's also going to be something that educates them. You know, yeah. Yeah. see the thing Everybody is, right? Can- Everybody can jump in. How does the conspiracy work, right? They have evil white people that go, look, we can't have intelligent rappers (laughs) because then they'll, you know? Right. That's not really how it works, though. Mm -hmm. The way it works, though, is that we're not controlling the music. 
So you never, if you're not controlling the music, then someone that isn't an artist is controlling the music. And usually right. it's a white person that doesn't make music. Right. So right. what happens is that he says, if the artist is too smart mm. about what I'm doing, then he could just make his own shit without me. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. And the only pr- type of artist that really gets to that level is the smart one. Right, right, So right. we don't want no fucking Ray Charles. We don't want none of these smart niggas to come through and then they realize the whole formula and they could make their own music and then there is no bad music. So now people are forced to really pick the quality that they like. Mm. Now we can't have any of that shit though. Right, right, right. Where do my pockets go? You know, now you realize that they're just a middleman, you know, just like we realize now, like all the music that we get, we're getting it without a middleman. Right, right. You know, the best music today is without a middleman. That's why it's able to come out so fast. They don't have to go through that red tape anymore. Yeah. The the only, the real problem with the quality of the music today, like we just talked about the best music Mm -hmm. is going to be the artist's ability to A&R themselves. Right. Right. And it, it is not as easy as you think because, you know, the artists, you, we see them on Twitter all the time. They masturbate themselves to high hell. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so every time they make a song, they're like, yo, I just made the greatest thing ever. And <laughs> right. like, actually see tweets like this, you know? Right. Like every everything West Side Guns releases, he says <laughs> it's the greatest masterpiece ever. You know what I mean? I wanted to ask you about them, God. I didn't mean to cut your wisdom, but no, you know, no, they man. are what, you know, a lot of purists would... Um, would say are uh, representing the culture the way it should be. Um, you know, lyrically, they're obviously, you know, um, really dope right. artists. What do you What do you think about what's going on uh, in, in upstate New York and the fact that you're from New York City, right? And there are, um, and it seems like, you know, in a lot of people's mind, uh, uh, like upstate New York is holding it down for the whole state compared yeah, to- Yeah, I, I don't, because you, I know you've seen that. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. When people do that, that's, to me, in real life, that is really not an issue. Right. Like, when you're here in New York, you're not going like, damn, there's people up. Like, you know <laughs> right, what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. I got that's you. not really how it works. Like, right, right. It doesn't really work that way. But, um, so, to me, it doesn't really matter. You know what right. I'm saying? It really has very rarely mattered, like, the region that it comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as it sounds dope to me. You know what I mean? Right. However, though, right? I just think that Griselda in general is is not really written about correctly. Mm. And that's why um, they get to write their own, they get to write their own histories. Right, you know? right, right. And I don't right. mean it like in the first degree in the one to that's 40. That's what I was gonna say. Right. I mean it like they get to document what they did because they're writing their own history in advance. They said they were gonna do it, they do it, right? That, right. Not that, but right. they get to document what the impact of it all is. And Mm. a lot of the documentation they do is wrong. Mm. You know? In what way? The the truth is Griselda, the Griselda blows up because they're basically the 2010s and ons. They're the little brother of of hardcore hip hop. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're they're literally a retro group. Mm. Right, right, right. There's very little original stuff that they give you. You don't think they sound as original? I mean, really, if you break it down piece mm-hmm. by piece, mm-hmm. there's very, all of its large pieces are not original. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the minimalist beats, the stuff that Beat, Beat Butcher and Derringer do, though. I mean, that's all basically Mob Deep 96. That's right. really all. Just the BPMs are much slower. 
Right. You know, now everybody just wants to rhyme on like one BPM a minute. You know what I mean? Right. Everything right. is like, you know, boom. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen, though, a lot of stuff does have drums, but it's so slow mm-hmm. that it might as well not be there. You know, right, I mean? right, right, right. <laughs> you know, it might as well not be there. But the thing is, right, the set, the music is retro. The themes that they have are definitely all retro. I mean, they haven't invented anything new that they've mm. talked about. Right, right, Not right. Not one right. thing. Right. You know what I mean? They can't say that they're innovators like the way Rock Marciano has innovated new styles or stylistic mm. techniques of delivery mm. and things like that. You know, they haven't really been able to capture like the lyricism, like the way Akkad does of that experience, right? Right. So there really is nothing massively original that they do. In fact, all of the unique things that we talk about with them like, let's say, like, the ad-libbing that West Side Gun does. Now, I'm not going to say, oh, he does yo, 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 like Ghostface, right? Right. Not even that. But, like, the ad-libs being mm. so part of it, a lot of people will go, that's Eminem's thing. But that's really stuff that Thurston Howe was doing a mm. long time ago. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Through the entire 2000s. Mm. The stuff that Method Man was doing with Red Man and mm. having, like, real intricate ad-libs that go along with the songs you know right. what I mean? and of course right. eminem as well because he mm-hmm. that's where he learned it from he learned it from thirst you know what i mean mm-hmm. but the thing is everything he do is such a perfect formula you know what i mean right and it, it basically is a perfect storm just like little brother is a perfect storm yeah little brother releases at a different time you just go i, I can't tell you how many groups had pete rock sounding vibes and the same exact vibe, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That were there because you can't, no one can say, well, but they had Fonte because I think Fonte is a next level talent. Yeah, he is. Fonte wasn't the Fonte we know when he first started. Right, right, know? right. That right. first Little Brother album, he's not this, you know, diverse, you know, yeah. R&B. I think he's always like, been like a, I yeah. think he always knew music, you know what I mean? But he definitely. Right, right. But it's not shown on that album, you know, it's right. just good MCing, you know? Right. And they were like the ultimate retro group. They right. were the thing like, okay, the music that we love is not going to die. For right. some reason, that was the thing. It's <laughs> right. the things that make retro blow up, right? Right. It's for us that what makes us feel better that the music is not going to die like the actual traditional way. Mm-hmm. Even though we want to hear progressive stuff, the traditional way isn't going to end. Yeah. But then it also sells to a lot of white niche markets because... Mm-hmm they want something that seems a little bit simpler. Right. Because they're catching on late all the time. Right, 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 right. So when Little Brother comes, though, that sound is mad innovative to them. Right. Whereas to us, though, it's just a high-quality sound. Right. Like, when you hear Griselda, those beats are not anything more Mm mind-blowing than the shit Alchemist is making. In fact, it's not as good as the stuff Alchemist is making because he's digging better. Right, right. He's getting better crates than he ever has. Before. Right. But the thing is, though, is that you're like, okay, look, that <laughs> deep shit isn't going to die. Okay, this is great. And that's what right. everybody will tell you that don't have a big collection of music, of today's music. Right. Because everybody that loves Griselda is really hip hop people that are older that stop collecting, that mm. have no idea that this renaissance, because it's invisible. Yeah. Yeah. That the specs of the, the, the waves that hit the shore are Griselda, but mm. the entire ocean is much more vast. (laughs) Right, right. So I'm okay with them being the waves that hit the ocean Mm -hmm. because they represent dope. There's only one record they've made that I really don't like. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And 
but all of them have been dope. You know what I mean? Man. What about, uh, you know, 2020 had some, it had some good records come out a lot, actually. Um, and, you know, uh, social media has kind of given the album of the year crown to uh, Stove God. What did you, um, what did you think about that album? Hmm. Well, a lot of people forget that Stove God didn't rhyme like that before. Right, right. He always rhymed. When he was rolling with Lord Jamal, mm -hmm. he had all of those stop-start um, techniques, a lot, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of charismatic turns and conversational, you know, pauses and, in, you know, you know, uh, right. injections or whatever you have, inflections all, all around. Mm -hmm. It's when he gets with Rock Marcy that he becomes like the stove god. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, total rebrand. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it is a rebranding that people don't want to act like they don't notice it. You know what I mean? Right. But it's there. I always thought, you know, Cooks had massive talent. Mm -hmm. Once I saw him with Lord Jamal and he was rhyming, I always like, this kid, he can make dope records easily. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that the debut is a reasonable drought is a dope record. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a record I don't want to hear again. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, the more, if I have to hear that album again, you know what I'm saying? As, right. you know, I don't know, in my tripe time, volume one, like if he just keeps on and just does the same shit, right. and, you know, it's going to get very tired because it's really tiresome to hear. One of the things about the 2010s hip hop is that some of the best lyricists technically are crime rhyme MCs. Yeah, so you yeah, see definitely. some of the most gifted lyricism, but from the most rigid content. Right, right. And it's almost like Raekwon is the father of all this shit. He definitely he's, is, dog. He, he's, he definitely is. There's Raekwon in almost everything that you hear today. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But the thing is, though, to, uh, to take it to the next level that Raekwon took it, they have to get into more detail about what was happening. Yeah. So if Raekwon told you they was doing a thing and he had the picture with the Pyrex, mm -hmm. they have to tell you the steps in the Pyrex. Now they have to be the cooking show. Right. Now they have to be, you know, if right, you right. had the rapper on the corner, though, now they have to tell you, well, if he told you how it was from four o'clock to nine o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. Now I have to tell you what happened between 415 and 445. Right. You know what I'm saying? To get, right. I have to give you more details. Stories have to be more detailed. So you get like all these guys that whether they're flea lord, whether others, they have to be so intricately detailed that we end up hearing like stories that become really, really like gratuitous and very, you know, they give you I fatigue. Think that's how they, I think that's kind of how they're showing you that, hey, I'm authentic with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it's the only way. Like I have yeah. to, I can't just say I had a brick. Because yeah, everybody yeah. else said that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, like, exactly. I've heard so many drug raps, guys, that I can actually make the, my own coke dealing out. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. <laughs> make one. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do one. Let's just do one. You know what I mean? Like, the whole thing. We do the whole thing. You know what I mean? Um, I, yeah, you know, like, rap, there's so much rap out there. You could rhyme about all the things you never did in pretty good detail. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you can't because I mean it's been years of hearing yeah. that shit. Even if you never did it, you know the You know how to roll. You know how to roll blunts. You know how to sip coke. You know how to you know everything. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So well, like, um, there's no I, way I would say "Reasonable Dr Drought" is the best record that I heard. Though. You know what I mean? No way. If you were if you were going to give that out, if you were if you were going to give an album that the best that you heard in 2020, 
um, even if you can't just necessarily choose one, what were some of them that you thought, because I know, I know you wasn't really feeling the Nas record like that, right? Um, yeah, I love everything Nas does, though, but not every song he does. Yeah, know? yeah, I got you. Um, you know? um, um, again, see, that's why I don't pick a great record, you know, like the best records, because I think people, if they're a collector, they have to get every Nas record. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to hear every Nas record, you know what I mean? Because he'll have at least five classics, not five good songs, but five right. classic records, you know? And if he's made 13 albums, how many classics is that over if you oh, just yeah. have five, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's impeccable. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, it's impeccable. You know, I, I thought, like, the person that blew me away, like, as far as techniques, um, lyricism is always where I go first, mm -hmm. you know, as a writer. It was easily Killer Priest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The three albums that he released, so um, and he yeah. did so many things on that. It was just, it was a joy to listen to. It was a joy to see where he would take certain records. Right. 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 You no, know, it was a joy to hear, especially like Jordan River Banks did two of them. Mm -hmm. It was a joy to hear that they were mining different music. You know, a lot of Indian classical, yeah. a lot of other types of music, you know what I mean? Right. And matching the ideas with stuff like that. Um, and if you really listen to it, Killer Priest was really rhyming on different techniques, different narrative flows. I mean, he was, mm -hmm. I, you don't hear too many records where a person could do whatever he wants. You know yeah, I, mean? I agree. I mean, he wrote, he, he rapped from the perspective of uh, a Native American uh, <laughs> smoking a peace pipe, hallucinating yeah. about his ancestors. Like, dude, yeah. like, you know and he was doing the different voices. He was right. like, he right. just was going everywhere with it. And it was just like, yeah, I, it's a record I sit back and listen to. But every, every year that in this last decade, if Ka releases something, it's. Oh, yeah. It's really at the top of the list because mm -hmm. he's one of the greatest writers. Uh, 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 you know, he's one of the greatest black writers of the generation. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whether it's hip hop, literature, whatever it is, right. you know what I mean? he, he, everything he does is amazing. You know what I mean? You got yeah. shit that you kind of got to slow down and like. I mean, I don't think he he does like you're not going to catch everything the first listen. You know what no. I'm saying? No, 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 no. But you know. The more you listen to him, the more you know, like, oh, yeah, he said some dope shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to listen to this a few times, you know what I mean? Right. And those are the type of records I, I go with the most, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, there are very few records where today that are made where I'll tell you that they're incredible just because of the music. Yeah. I still don't think that artists, that producers today, they make albums that are immediately musical classics. Right. They'll make mu they'll make whole albums that musically are great and could be mm -hmm. classic, but mm -hmm. they they still need the artist to go with it. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see that hap you know ha happening too often lately. You know what right. I mean? Right. But um, I mean that that piece that I wrote was like it was fucking forty pages, and I, you know I was writing forever on some of these things. You know what I mean? And uh, well, well, that's what I was going to ask you, God, like, um, before we wrap it up, like, for the people that um, aren't necessarily um, uh, familiar with, you know, your radio show and your, uh, and your website, uh, can you just build about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. The, um, the website I was telling you, um, that started around 2000, I started in 2012 with that. 
And that was with me, my brother Paragon that designs it, and mm-hmm. uh, Kevlar Seven who passed mm-hmm. away. Rest in power. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Bronze Nazareth's older brother, beat maker, great MC. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, man, if it wasn't for him, you know, I really wouldn't have that form to write. Right. And Premier Hip Hop is where I write everything that I give out. Right. You know? But um, the two podcasts that I do is DJ Toshi's Classic Storm Radio. Mm. Okay? Um, and, and really, you know, Toshi's a New York landmark. You know what I mean? Right. Right. The entire, the, the most critical shows um, where artists are displayed, 80% of those shows are, are his, you know, him and mm-hmm. Doc Ock doing the Rock the House shows, you know? Right. They literally, you know, the last couple of years, they, they have New York on their back. You know, if you want to see the best, you know, underground artists, the ones that should be out there, all of them, that's, that's really there. Um, so I do, I, I do the interviews for him. I host the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I get my challenge because I don't pick the artists for that. Mm-hmm. I might suggest them, but I don't pick right. them. You know what I mean? Right. Even though I like, right. You know, Toshi, me and Toshi are always alike, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do my own Power Right show. Right. So the Power Right show, actually, the name came from Bones Malone. Because mm. Bones Malone saw me with, in a picture with Prince Power. Mm. He wrote Power Rule and Power Rights. Nice. Right. So I started to call that, you know, I started to say that's this is the Power Right show. Right. And the show was basically showing my element of hip-hop, the hip-hop writer. Right. And you know, featuring interviews, all of that stuff, um, my thoughts, you know, whatever it is I'm talking about in hip hop, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I do that through S Street Media, you know? Um, what I'm also doing now is also, I'm doing a magazine now called The Cast Faction. Okay. And it's basically going to be a magazine about the podcast. Oh, nice. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's going to mm-hmm. cover- It's kind of like podcast. a companion type of thing? It's not just a companion to what we have at S Street Media. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be about all podcasts. So oh. we're going to have writers talking about podcasts. We're going to have writers talking about the issues that relate to podcasts. Mm-hmm. So basically, it could be anything because you know podcasts cover everything, right? You know I mean? And then featuring you know podcasts that are up and coming, like yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and others. And you know that's that. So that's that's the other thing I do, you know. And if you're if you're trying to get knowledge yourself, obviously I teach at a law school in Mecca, right? Um, I've been teaching at a law school in Mecca since 2000. Um, it's 21 years, God. Wow. Yeah, it's the longest running class ever taught at that school, you know, mm. ever taught at a law school in Mecca. And um, because of COVID and everything like that, I teach it online a lot right. of times. Like this month, I've been teaching it exclusively online mm-hmm. because, it's, you know, a law school in Mecca is, voluntary, is a voluntary walking school. You know what I mean? Right. And um, the students that, ha- that I have, they, I don't, I'm still, it, there are still issues with people being comfortable just having anyone come in. You know what I mean, yeah. in yeah. such a small space. So I'm always online with that, uh, you know, um, teaching that, and um, also working with Five Percent Media. Right. One of the editors and writers and stuff, you know, um, and that's about the nation of gods and nerds and everything dealing with that, you know. And then along with that, it's just all the books. Uh, the books I'm working on, I'm working on a book about the dark ages, you know, as we speak, because there's mm-hmm. so many writings I have. Yeah. Um, I'm working on a couple of philosophy books. And also, um, and you'll, you'll, they're starting to be released now. There's a lot of songs that, that have been released with me on it. So I've been mm-hmm. doing a lot of spoken word, uh, spoken Dope. word Dope. verses and things Dope. like that. You know what I mean? And then, you know, 
that might be a, lo- a, a nice little EP coming. Come on, you know what I'm saying? We need that, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, right now I got a song with, I'm part of a group called The Leftovers, mm-hmm. right? Um, led by Prince Powerful, And it's basically, um, The Leftovers is like a derogatory term thrown that all the original people that were strand that that were mm. still in New York, right, 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 right. And right. he literally heard this. Mm. You know, Prince Powell literally heard this, and, and them being you know Puerto Ricans out in Bushwick and other places mm. referred to as the leftovers. So he was like, mm. you know what, we are the leftovers. You know, right, 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 right. And right. All of us became a conglomerate. You know, producers. Mm. You know, promoters. All that. You know, me with the spoken word and. So on that album, I lead it off, but that mm-hmm. that's that album is out now. I'm on um what's the name of the album? The yep. album is called The Leftovers. So that's the name of the album, The Leftovers. The, the, the group is called The Leftovers NYC, mm-hmm. and the name of the album is called Engraved in New York. Okay. Yeah. Right. And that's on Bandcamp. Okay. And um there's a lot of stuff I'm coming out on, but I know what's definitely coming out like really soon is um uh I'm on I'm on Skank's new album. Mm. One of my favorite MCs. He's mm-hmm. one of the great MCs of this era. Mm-hmm. Um, great performer. You know, he can do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on his album. We got a song. Um, and I'm also on Napoleon the Legends next album. Oh, wow. Okay. So he has an album produced by Akhenaten um, out in France and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, big producer. The producer of I Am. Um, and I got a song. I'm on a song with him in Sky Zoo. So, oh, nice. Yeah, right, so, right, right. Know, do, do a couple of yeah, things. Yeah, and Skazu had a great Skazu had a, a, a great year in 2020. Yeah, yeah, you know he's exactly what I think would be if radio was 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 good and right mm-hmm. and all proper. Right. He would be that charismatic MC that you would hear every day. You know, yep. at that times. You know, I, mean? I could see that. Yep. You know, he has all the charisma, all the techniques. You know, but it's not like that. We live in a different uh, different time. Universe. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, I, I want to say, man, um, I definitely appreciate you for coming on. Um, oh, okay. I, you know, the bill could have lasted longer, but I don't want to hold you. You know what I'm saying? Cause, <laughs> no, it's uh, definitely peace, man. I love what you're doing with Wise and Dome. Yeah, that's dope, man, Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, man. Um, So uh, I, in the future, I definitely probably want to have you back on. You know what I'm saying? Have more discussions about uh, the culture. I mean, you're such a, um, uh, uh, you know, a pioneering figure in you know, hip hop journalism and especially having knowledge itself and coming from that perspective, it's always dope to pick your brain, bro. So definitely, again, I appreciate it, G. Indeed, God. Peace to the God. Peace to the God.